For those of you that don't know, my name is Nick. I've played uh, piano, guitar, electric oboe, and even banjo for Pastor Joe for a lot of years now. And I'm kind of a senior at Fruta. And I say kind of because I finished all my classes like in school, but I still have an online one to finish. But I'm procrastinating on it because, I mean, I'm going to procrastinate till the bitter end of high school. But um, <laughs> so yeah, I'll be walking in May, and I'm an intern here, so I get to come work here every day, work for 4640, and it's totally awesome. Um, Pastor Joe is incredible, and if you've ever heard Pastor Joe preach, you know that this dude loves Chick-fil-A. So in true Pastor Joe fashion, I'm going to tell you guys a story about Chick-fil-A. See, Pastor Joe is an amazing youth pastor, mentor, father, musician, and he is a Chick-fil-A expert, okay? This guy, he knows everything there is to know about Chick-fil-A. Like, I want to know the Bible as good as Joe knows Chick-fil-A. He knows everything there is to know. He's taught me how to get the best deals. He's taught me about the coupons on the receipt, the, the calendar cards. He took me to Chick-fil-A for my very first time. And he taught me a little trick, which is if you get a kid's meal at Chick-fil-A, you can trade the toy in for ice cream. Now, I, <laughs> I am really happy about this because my little sister is nine. She gets a kid's meal at Chick-fil-A. So I'll try and get my parents, you know, to pay for my Chick-fil-A because it's, it's expensive, right? It's too much. So I try and get my parents to pay for it. And so my mom's right here. She's right over here. And so one day I come in my mom's room and I'm, I give her the mama's boy eyes. Like, like if you're a true mama's boy, you know that look. And I looked at her and I said, Mom, you do so much for this family. And, and it, goes, it goes so underappreciated. And what you, what you deserve is an afternoon all to yourself. You can do whatever you want. So what, what I want to do for you, Mom, is, is take Liz to the park. We're going to go to the park. You're going to have the afternoon to yourself. And all I ask in return is that you give me money to buy Chick-fil-A for both of us. So of course she takes it because I gave her the mama's boy eyes. Like she, of course, took it. So I take Liz to the park and we get to Chick-fil-A. Now, when I get to Chick-fil-A with Liz, it is a win-win situation. Either... She gets a toy that she really likes, and she shows it to mom, and everyone's happy and excited. Or I get free ice cream. Win, win, win. Both situations are awesome. They're great. And what I want to talk about tonight is if sharing Jesus is a win-win. And what I mean by sharing Jesus or sharing the gospel or anything like that is when we expose people who have never felt God's love to Jesus. That's what I mean by sharing God's love. And the world will tell you that it's a lose-lose. They will tell you that you're going to re get rejected and that people are going to hate you. Even some Christians will tell you that it's like a win-lose. Like maybe someone gets saved, but people are probably going to hate you and never talk to you again. But what I'm here tonight to tell you is that it is a win-win to share God's love. And I want to show you guys three things that this guy in the Bible named Philip did that made sharing his faith a win-win. 
After Jesus was crucified, rose from the grave, and went back to heaven, his message was spreading like crazy. And God uses this messenger named Philip. And Philip goes to share God's love all over the place. So let's jump into the story. Acts chapter 8. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, okay, pause. I, I don't know everything about the Bible, but if an angel shows up, something cool is about to happen. Like, like angel shows up to Mary, oh, hey, Mary, you're going to, like, give birth to the Savior of the world. That's pretty cool. Angels show up, and cool stuff happens, okay? As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. Okay, that's pretty anticlimactic for an angel, in my opinion. Go, go south down a road. So he started out, and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the Kandake, the queen of Ethiopia. Okay, this word eunuch is going to come a lot, up a lot, and I'm going to explain it, but just, just bear with it. It's just a guy. It's just a guy. <clears throat> the eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he was now returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, Go over and walk along beside the carriage. Okay, the first thing that Philip does is he listens to God. And even though it seems really easy, we get caught up in what's going on in the world sometimes. We get caught up in what's going on at school, what's going on with our family, and we don't listen to God. But Philip had his ears stretched out to God. The Bible says, blessed are those who listen to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. See, we need to constantly, constantly listen to God. He has great messages for each and every one of you. We just have to listen. So Philip is, is all lonely down this desert road, and he sees this guy coming the other way, and the Holy Spirit says to him, hey, go, go walk next to that random dude coming down the road. And Philip's response, I want you guys to catch this, Philip's response to the Holy Spirit is so beautiful. The next two words, verse 30, Philip ran. Philip ran. Philip didn't walk. Philip didn't hesitate. Philip didn't wait long enough for the doubt to start to get in his mind. Because the truth is, our God is perfect. And our God has messages for us, and the enemy does not want us to act on them. When you get a message from God, run, don't walk. One time, I'm with my mom and I'm walking into the pediatrician's office. And as soon as I open the door, I see this woman sitting on a bench. And, and clear as day, God says to me, hey, go, go pray for her. Go see if she needs anything to pray for. Her. And, and, and I'm like, what? No, that, that couldn't be. No, I don't think so. And I walked right past and the truth is, I remember the look on that woman's face. I remember that she looked upset because I hesitated. I heard the voice of God so clearly, but I hesitated. We have to run. Psalm 119 verse 60 says, I will hurry without delay to obey your commands. We have to run. The story is a perfect example of how God will set something up behind the scenes and give you a message. Let's keep reading. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? The man replied, 
how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of scripture he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants for his life was taken from the earth? The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. See, Philip saw the perfect opportunity because what, what the eunuch was reading out loud, it was prophecy about Jesus. Jesus was led like a sheep to the slaughter. Jesus was humiliated. And when we share God with other people, we can use scripture. It's an awesome tool. The Bible brags about itself. It says the word of God does not return void. The word of God will always do something. And even if that person slams the door in your face, even if they never talk to you again, that word is going to stick with them. The word of God is a great tool. Let's keep reading. As they rode along, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop, and they went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. See, the third thing that Philip did was he trusted. First, he listened, and second, he ran. And third, he trusted that all along, God had a plan. God was preparing this eunuch coming down the road. God had done the preparations, and Philip, he ran with it, and he trusted that God knew what he was doing. Now, there's a hidden truth in this story, okay? Acts, the book, this, the story is in Acts, was written by Luke. Same Luke that wrote the Gospel of Luke, same guy. Luke, Luke, Acts, Luke. And Luke was a doctor, he was a physician, okay? He's so smart. Like, if he, wrote, if he wrote his stuff today, it would be like all MLA cited and everything would be perfect and it would be, he's the smart, smart guy. And he assumes, he, oh, it's gonna get funny in a minute. He assumes, he assumes that you know some stuff. He assumes that you know what a eunuch is. And for the love, please, please do not Google it. Please do not Google it. A eunuch... <laughs> A eunuch is, I'm gonna make this simple, it's a dude, but without the dude parts, okay? <laughs> like, God, that doesn't need to be in there. I don't need to know what was going on. I, that's TMI, right? We don't need to know what's going on with this guy, but there is a purpose in it. There is a purpose in it because under the Old Testament law, eunuchs couldn't worship God in the temple. Deuteronomy 23.1, and I'm reading this in the King James Version to save us some awkwardness. It says, he that is wounded in the stones, ow! Ow, poor guy. Or hath his privy member cut off, double out. <laughs> Shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. So this eunuch goes to Jerusalem because God is stirring something up inside of him. And he gets to Jerusalem. And I don't know, the Bible doesn't say if he got let in or not. But under the law, this eunuch can't get into the temple. This eunuch can't worship God under the law. I can only imagine him begging to be let in, to worship this God that he's trying to understand. But they turn him away. That's what the law says. 
So this eunuch is going back, and, and he's so confused. He's, he's reading through Isaiah, and he's reading it out loud, and all of a sudden, Philip comes up, and he gets saved, and he gets baptized. Now, I don't know if the eunuch kept reading down Isaiah. I don't. But three chapters later, three chapters later in Isaiah, there's another prophecy. For this is what the Lord says to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose what pleases me and hold fast to my covenants, to them I will give within my temple and its walls a memorial and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that will endure forever. This eunuch gets a memorial inside the very place that he was too broken to enter. That is the beauty of this story. That is the compassion of Jesus that no matter how broken you are, no matter where you're from, no matter what you've done, no matter how rich you are, God saves everyone. Salvation is available for everyone no matter what. The truth is, is that God, he loves the foreigner. He loves the outcast. He, loved that, he loves that kid that sits at the lunch table alone without any friends. He loves the eunuch. He loves the broken. He loves the hopeless. And he loves you. God loves humanity. See, one of the beauties of this story is that while the eunuch was reading about prophecy fulfilled by Jesus, he was himself fulfilling prophecy. This eunuch was at the end of his road, desperate for a move from God. He was, he was supposed to be rejected from the temple, too broken to enter. He was desperate. And the truth is, there are people in our schools who are at the end of their roads. There are people in our schools that are desperate for a touch of God, just like the eunuch, just like the eunuch. People will tell you that the whole religion, the whole Jesus, God, that, that whole thing is for when you're older, right? You're young. You're supposed to live. Do whatever you want. Don't, just don't worry about it until you're older. But the truth is, is that life gets cut short. And we learned that this year. I never thought it would be me that would lose a friend to suicide. For me, at the beginning of this year, I struggled with feeling like I had no friends, like I didn't belong. So I started hanging out with my buddy from church, and we had hung out in church, but never really out of church. So I started going to this kid's house. He, he's a year older than me. He moved out with his roommates, and I showed up there, and they treated me like one of the dudes. They let me fit in. They let me feel like, like I was just one of them. And one of these kids, he stuck out to me. He treated me like a brother. I remember sitting on the couch just joking with this kid for hours, just laughing and laughing. I remember loading up in the back of this kid's car to go get McDonald's at like 12 o'clock at night. And one day, I'm just sitting in a movie theater on my phone, just waiting for the movie to start, scrolling through Facebook, and I see the post that he's gone. I never thought it would be me that would have to see that. Too many of us know what it feels like to have an empty seat at the couch when we're with our friends. Too many of us know what it feels like to have an empty desk at the classroom where someone is supposed to be sitting. The truth is, there are people who are at the end of their roads in our schools. There are people that need to know that there is love for them. But we get so afraid of getting made fun of, so afraid of losing friends. 
sharing God's love, it's a win-win. It is a win-win. Even if you get made fun of and rejected, Jesus himself said this, what blessings await you when people hate you and exclude you and mock you and curse you as evil because you follow the Son of Man? When that happens, be happy. Yes, leap for joy, for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, their ancestors treated the ancient prophets the same way. Sharing the gospel is a win-win. Either someone gets saved or you get reward in heaven and they hear the word of God. See, maybe they don't get saved right there, but that word sticks with them. Maybe their family, five years down the road, drags them to an Easter service, and they get saved. Maybe that's the first time that this person has heard the story of Jesus and heard about his love. Sharing what Jesus did, it is so urgent. There are people at the end of their roads that need to hear what he did. It is urgent. That's why Philip ran. It is an urgent cause. Let's read the end of Philip's story. When they came up out of the water, so Philip baptizes this eunuch and pulls him out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Meanwhile, Philip found himself further north at the town of Ezotus. He preached the good news there and in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. Having Philip share the gospel was so urgent that as soon as he pulled the eunuch out of the water, the Lord snatched him away. God did not have time for Philip to walk to where God needed him to be. So, so God just got him there, boom. That's how urgent it is. And the truth is, we have the same Jesus that Philip had. We have the same urgency that Philip had. (laughs) Telling others about Jesus is an urgent cause. It is so important. I mean, think about, think about today. Days like today, they make you think, how would today have been different if 50% of the kids in your school knew Jesus? If, if 60% of the students at our high schools knew Jesus? What would, happen, what would happen if 90% of the students in our schools knew Jesus? Sharing the gospel is an urgent, urgent cause. And what we need to do is listen to God. We need to have our ears stretched out to heaven. And when he gives us our message, we need to run with it. We can't walk. We need to run. And we need to trust that God is setting something up behind the scenes. And this week is the perfect week. Perfect week. Because, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, next Tuesday night, We are going to share the story of Jesus with whoever you bring. If you just get people here, they will hear God's word. They will be changed. We're also going to have a bunch of crazy prizes and stuff like that. But the gospel is going to be shared in this room next Tuesday night. It's not like you have to go walk down the lonely desert road and run up to some dude in a carriage. You just have to get people here. And they will hear the story of how much God loves them. It's gonna be so awesome. So what I wanna do right now is we're gonna pray. And as we pray, I want you to think about the people
people that God is putting on your heart to invite. Dear Jesus, we cry out to you. Our schools need you. Our city needs you. Our world needs you, God. And, and we pray that you would prepare hearts. God, that you would prepare the hearts and minds of the kids in our schools so that we can invite them and they'll show up, God. God, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would supernaturally clear their schedules so that they could make it next Tuesday. God, our schools, they need you so much. God, this is so urgent. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, we ask that this week we would be able to listen to you. We would hear the sound of your voice and we would run with it. And we would trust in you that you are doing something awesome, God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.